All right. Welcome to the LMVC Students Podcast. You're laughing at me, Carson, yeah. <laughs> because we we both are just super awkward people. Yeah. So yeah. it's very awkward just sitting alone in a room welcoming <laughs> imaginary people to listen. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're excited about this because it's going to be another outlet for us to right. kind of share what we're doing, what God's been teaching us. And what we've been also relaying to students and what's been important to the student ministry and, and whatnot. And um, we think it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So my name's Taylor. I'm the student pastor. Carson, student worship leader. And other things. And yeah, among several other things <laughs> at LNBC. Yeah. Um, but specifically for students. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, in terms of kind of sculpting uh, student ministry worship services. Yeah. You and me are kind of on the front end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we started this past Sunday night, was yeah. our student worship services. Every Sunday at 5 p.m., we have a group of students come and uh, gather together. And we had our first one of the season this past Sunday. And yeah, it's exciting. I kind of mentioned in my sermon how it's also this kind of bittersweet thing, because Sundays during the summer was like, really nice after, you know, <laughs> like it's like 11, 15 yeah. and you get to go eat lunch and go home. Yeah. You're like, wow. Yeah. I kind of miss my naps. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. now it's more of like go to lunch and then go back to the church office and start mm-hmm. getting ready and preparing. 10 hour Sundays. Yeah. But it's that, although it's a little bitter that you don't get the nap time, it's sweet in that we get to really do something that we think is valuable. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's kind of carve out this specific service for students. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've kind of, not totally rethought our Sunday service, but we've been putting a lot of like thoughtfulness and intentionality around our students. Yeah, I don't service. think like effectively like the service won't seem that different yeah. to our students because we have like a lot of the s- same similar elements, but like as far as the order of it and like trying to be more intentional with like why are we doing things at this time versus this time, like structuring it in such a way that like there's a purpose and it's not just like oh, well, we do three songs, and then you preach, yeah. and then I do another song, and we go you know, home, like, you know, making yeah. sure it's a bit more intentional. Yeah, and I think over the past few years, we've been good about, you know, explaining why we do the elements of worship that yeah. we do. The new thing for this year is kind of explaining or at least demonstrating the order in which we do mm-hmm. things. And that's kind of something that you and I have grown in, yeah. or at least I'll speak for me, I had a pastor friend of mine grab coffee with me, oh goodness, probably a year or two ago, Mm -hmm. and really start talking to me about this word, liturgy. And at the same time... Baptist and liturgy? Yeah, yeah, it was like, (laughs) no. And But at the same time, I was also reading this book by James K.A. Smith called You Are What You Love, Mm -hmm. and he had just like redeemed the word liturgy for me, which basically for him, liturgy was just love-shaping habits. So this whole idea of a routine and habit is a good thing because it shapes and transforms your heart. And then I met with this pastor friend, and he was talking about how he had been reading a few things about uh, worship service liturgy or like the structure of the worship service and why that was important. So I guess we'll just dive into that real quick. And that's, that's where we kind of hung our hat this past Sunday night is explaining that our worship service itself promotes a structure that reflects and rehearses the gospel. Yeah. yeah. So and uh, not just the content, but like the way that like it's ordered in the flow of it as well. Yeah, we want we want to kind of imitate yeah. what we see in scripture as a divine encounter mm-hmm. or a, a worship encounter. Yeah, or just practically like 
the way that the Lord has interacted in people's lives, like taking them from deafness to life. Yeah. Like, so that process you see in the order of our like service elements. Yeah. So we, um, I hung out in Isaiah six a little bit Mm -hmm. for the, for most of the sermon and basically just walked through how, when we see Isaiah approach the throne room of God, what we see is, uh, this progression of he encounters and beholds God's holiness, his glory that makes him fully aware that he is not God, mm-hmm. gives him a, a healthy dose of confession, yeah. and then that moves God to then offer assurance of pardon. Mm-hmm. And then from that, uh, God asks, or his throne room asks, who will go for us? Mm-hmm. And we see Isaiah being sent out. Mm-hmm. So this, this progression of adoration, mm-hmm. confession, yeah. assurance of pardon, and then commission... Mm. was what we, I guess, labeled as the basic gospel progression. Yeah, and even, like, simplifying it even more, we had, like, God, man, Christ descending, you know, yes. which I think is really helpful, too. Yeah. See yeah. that, like, really laid out well. Yeah, and that wasn't the only place that you kind of see in Scripture. Brian mm-hmm. Chapel, yep. his book, Christ-Centered Worship, he goes through a lot of um, good examples of just mm-hmm. showing how throughout Scripture, like the whole book of Romans... Mm-hmm. is structured in that kind of same way. Yeah, D.R. Carson's uh, Worship by the Book does something similar too. Yeah. yeah, so that was really enlivening to to me, and it also kind of gave um, a clear direction for our worship mm-hmm. services yeah. that was refreshing. And uh, where I think Brian Chappell has his quote, he says, where uh, preaching is like the gospel taught and mm-hmm. uh, singing is the gospel sung, liturgy is the gospel in structure. It's like the very structure of your service is going to preach the gospel to students and also allow them to kind of rehearse the gospel in that way. Yeah, getting to that in just a second, but um, one of the the major sources for us in structuring our services in this pattern was uh, Mike Cosper wrote a book called Rhythms of Grace, Mm -hmm. which was both super really helpful and really eye-opening. Um, But right in the preface, like at the very beginning, he opens the book. He has this awesome quote. He says, if the gospel is supposed to be central to the Christian life, which we know that it is, um, we should craft our worship services in such a way that they rehearse that story. So every week when we gather, we should remember that God is holy, that we are sinners, that Jesus saves us from our sins. So I think it's effectively like what we're trying to do. That's each time, quote. yeah. Each time we gather, I yeah. should have used that quote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I must have like entered into my subconscious. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. But um, I think that's that was kind of the joy for me, though. Um, you know, this summer with me and Taylor, and then we met with the seniors in the uh, worship team for the students. <clears throat> they um, came together and gave up an afternoon every Thursday. Yeah. Pretty much all summer, with the exception of like Snowbird Week and yeah. um, VBS, that was pretty much consistently every week. And we would gather and like, after kind of like, um, you know, explaining to them like what we were trying to do and mm-hmm. like off of this, you know, kind of structure and goals that we had in mind. Like after we did that, we would gather every week and just lay out these services and like actually plant them. So like. Yeah. Like, this is the first time I've ever had worship services, like, planned all the way out. Like, we yeah. are planned up all the way into December, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah it was really beneficial. Um, we've just always worked this way in terms of our Sunday night services. We're working through a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
So what's really good about that is we yeah. we typically know if we break up the passage right. or like, the oh the he was in Genesis one and two last week yeah. therefore yeah yeah so uh, we know exactly where we're gonna mm-hmm. be in terms of like the the preaching so we're able to sculpt the service around mm-hmm. that um, so that's definitely helpful. Why don't we talk about um, maybe some particular elements that we're incorporating more into the service or we're like reaffirming Mm -hmm. in our service? Yeah, I think the first one that like we've always done. And so like going back to like, I think, you know, a lot of the, you know, elements and the the things and the way that we do the service, like don't seem, you know, too different to the students because most of the elements are the same. We're just structuring them a little differently. But one of them is like, we're really emphasizing the table, like really emphasizing Mm -hmm. communion. Yeah. I mean, I think we're like looking at planning center. I think we're doing it like every two to three weeks. Yeah. So, which is new for us. Yeah. And kind of the church culture that we're a yeah. part of. Um, but also, I had been a part of a church in college where mm-hmm. it was every, every week. week. Yeah. And um, we visited a few churches before we plugged back in, where I got back involved uh, with LNBC a few, oh, goodness, almost four years ago. Yeah. Um, but the table as being a part of the every weekly gathering mm-hmm. was pretty normal. And also as you look in scripture, like um, it's as often as you meet. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's like Sunday morning, once. Sunday night, Wednesday <laughs> nights. Um, but also in terms of like uh, this c- upcoming generation, they call it Generation Z, and even for me too, in our generation, mm-hmm. um, having a tangible almost embodied experience to respond to the gospel Mm -hmm. is really powerful. Like no longer is like after the sermon, we don't simply respond by singing or praying, which we we do. We we still do that. We do those as well, but it's, it's great to have this, this like tactile Mm -hmm. embodied, like engaging a lot more of our senses Mm -hmm. way to respond to the gospel. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a really exciting part. And also allowing ourselves to have more opportunity to explain why this is important. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's really good too. Yeah, because I think you know we one of the the downfalls you know is is that we if we don't do it often enough, like it loses its significance mm-hmm. and it it you know gets you in this place where you don't really understand like what's the purpose of us doing it. Yeah. So by doing it more often, I think we can help that. Yeah, for sure. Because there's this idea, or at least I've heard this argument before, that like, oh, if we do the Lord's Supper more and more and more, mm-hmm. yeah. it loses its significance. Yeah. But like we don't say that about singing or preaching. Or preaching or praying or, <laughs> or reading scripture. scripture yeah. um, if anything, I think it shows how important it is. But isn't that really odd? Like when you really think about like all like communion... Uh, preaching, singing, uh, reading scripture, praying, like all of those are commands that you see in the New Testament for the church to do when they gather. But like for some reason the communion is like pulled out of that and said like, oh yeah. no, like be careful, don't do it too often. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just weird. Yeah. There's also foot washing. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have that scheduled. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Yeah. We don't we don't take that oh. one too seriously. Oh. In context, poultry. <laughs> we, uh, we a nice hearty <laughs> handshake. <laughs> oh, we're going down a strange yeah. rabbit yeah. hole. But anyway, another element of our service 
that has been really refreshing and a lot of students have responded well to it. Mm-hmm. This was more last year. Yeah. Was uh, the time of prayer. Yes. Where we don't simply use prayer as like a transition between elements. Yeah. We're yeah. a lot more intentional mm-hmm. about our prayers. Um, yeah, I think that's... If, if, if there's any... Well, there's a lot of things that like, you know, that upset me when I look at the trajectory of like modern worship. But mm-hmm. like one of them is like, I'm so saddened by the fact that like prayer has just been like pretty much only like used now as just a means of like, oh, well, we can't like have them know that like someone walks out on stage. So we need to pray, you know, so they don't <laughs> see them and they open their eyes and oh, the preacher's magically there. you know, Like no one's full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just like, I'm like prayer, like. The the way prayer is described in the scriptures is so different <laughs> than just this yeah. transitional piece. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something that I've been really really convicted of probably for the last like year or so. Yeah, and another kind of practical thing that went around that idea was you know instead of just using prayer as this like transitional piece, we take time in our service to pause and then ask students to pray with one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, a really good practical kind of aside to that was putting students around tables. Yes. And um, so it was just this simple kind of, uh, what do you call it, like a signpost for them Mm -hmm. of you're supposed to participate in the service, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to face each other, stir one another up, Mm -hmm. just as much as as you're supposed to face the stage or or whatnot. And we're just trying to change this whole idea of the consumer mindset Mm -hmm. that we all function Mm -hmm. with, whether we realize it or not, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of them coming and showing up to a production of a service, they're Mm -hmm. there to participate. And that that prayer piece is so. It's just like this it, this shift in their thinking. And, oh yeah, and like looking at the fruit of that, like it is so cool to see. Like they are so the ones that have been in that you know kind mm-hmm. of mindset for a while. Like with us, like they are so comfortable just like grabbing a, one or two people and then going and praying with them. Whereas mm-hmm. like I would say maybe a few years ago they like that would have been terrifying because I know me like as a middle as a school or high schooler like are you kidding me like yeah. if you had asked me like participate in the service by praying with these two people like that would have absolutely terrified me <laughs> so yeah I just think yeah. that's super awesome to see that transition and like their comfortable is that a word comfortableness I don't know with with yeah, with so. you know each other in doing that. Another element that last year, probably about halfway through, we just really started at least communicating why it was valuable. Because, mm, yeah. yeah, the public yeah. reading of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. You know, that's another thing that you see early on in church gatherings mm-hmm. in the Christian community was... First yeah, Timothy 4. Yeah. yeah. yeah devote com- yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Yeah. yeah, and you even trace it back to the history of Israel. I mean, mm-hmm. they had these festivals, right, where they yeah. were just gathered to hear the Scriptures read aloud. Um, so we talk about how there's just power in the public reading of Scripture, uncommented, mm-hmm. if that's a word or a category. But we don't provide commentary to it. We mm-hmm. just let the just Word of God it. speak. Yeah, speak for itself. Yeah. And um, it's also kind of similar to when we sing. We are all mm-hmm. saying at the same mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. this is the Word of God we subject yeah. ourselves to. Well, it. I mean, Colossians 3 says, you know, let the Word of Christ dwell in your Like So that's one of the reasons you sing. Yep. So like... Like, it kind of seems to be the same, like, purpose. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't know. I've just been really convicted lately, like, the importance of, of Scripture in um, corporate worship services. Like, I think it might be the most important thing you do, mm. you know? Like, mm. 
elevating it over singing over, you know, preaching the word, like all of these things um, to where like, if you have like a one minute worship service, like you're going to read the word for one minute, yeah. you know? And like, so often like in the contemporary mm. movement, like that's the first thing that goes for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's like, we're just going to sing, you know, for a long time, we're going to preach the word um, and have transitional prayers and that's yeah. it. And like, that's just not good. Like, yeah. yeah, that's like a huge. So we have made a little bit of a kind of a furtherance to the public reading of scripture yeah. this year. Yeah. Right. Um, with the help of Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Rich, uh, Rich and I um, met, this was really driven by Rich. Um, big conviction of his, but we really, in trying to take seriously the public reading of Scripture in our services, we want them, those reading the Scripture, to be just as, you know, equipped, just as comfortable, Mm. just as, I I struggle to say rehearsed, but, you know. Prepared. But prepared, prepared. yeah, prepared, that's a better word. Prepared to do that contribution to the service as, Mm -hmm. say, Taylor is to preaching his sermon, as I and the band are to leading the songs. Um, We really want them to be equipped and prepared to do that. So we, you know, pulled out, I think, less than Half 10. A dozen? Yeah, yeah, six, seven, something like that. Um, students, volunteers that we think would do really well at reading um, the scriptures in our services. So we have got pretty much all the way, well, we have a couple more services in the end that I have to figure out, but all of the public readings of scripture that we have in our services uh, have a volunteer or a student reading mm-hmm. them. And I think that's going to be really cool. And like, they already know what their passage is so they can prepare so, so they can deliver it better. And so they can be more effective. And so I think that's been really, really awesome. So definitely shout out to Rich yes. for that. Yeah. For sure. Shout out to Rich. Because there's definitely a, a good way and a bad way yes. to read scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And the yeah. uh, Brian chapel has a great chap chapter on that in mm-hmm. his book that I need to yeah. get. Um, you and Rich a hold of, but um, yeah, that's that's another thing that we've kind of been trying to infuse some life and uh, freshness into. Um, can you think of anything else, like in terms of? Well, I wanted to pull up this quote actually by Rich. Um, I don't want to totally butcher it. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said, "Yeah, here it is. Uh, There's a way to read scripture that honors Jesus, and a way that doesn't. Mm. And God knows our heart, and he mu- and he." must prepare them beforehand. And so I think that's kind of the, yeah. the like, it's what we're trying to do. A very rich way to say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's, it's really true. It's yeah, really it good. is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the only other thing I can think of is the idea of confession. Confessions, and creeds, this, things like that. Well, yeah. well, confession in... Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so idea. we'll separate those. Yeah, we'll yeah, separate. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this really came from the conversation I had with my good pastor friend, John Holmesley. Um, which I doubt he will ever listen to this. So I didn't have to. Who was his name? John Holmesley. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. He's at Lake Wiley Baptist Church. Um, But he is, he's been really helpful. He's the one who um, like Mm -hmm. referred some resources to me. I sat down with him and his worship pastor for a good two hours one day and they went back and forth and then we've messaged back and forth about some things. But that was one thing, the idea of confession that he really drove home was, okay, so if our service is formational, right? And by right. what we do, we're shaping an understanding, and not only an understanding, but like an experience of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Then if we take confession out of that, yeah, that's, that's an integral thing. I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking about every time we gather, showing God's holiness, you know, like if we need to, like in order for us to understand like the, like the bravity, like, or like the like importance of Jesus yeah. in that 
process, like we have to understand our sinfulness. Like yeah. we have to be reminded of like, you're an imperfect sinner, like who is desperately in need of mm-hmm. the grace of God, you know? Yeah. And so like pulling that time out, like that's, that's huge. And so I think that's been really cool. And, and I think it just makes it more intimate, makes it more personal, mm. you know, in a way that real. I think that it makes it more real. Like, cause yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, I need to confess of, yeah. you know, my sin and like the ways that I have fallen short and like, Oh, but thank goodness, you know, thank God. Like yeah. I have, you know, assurance of part, you know, so I think that's really cool. Yeah. And, um, as I was talking with John about this, one thing that he really, that he said really stuck out to me. He said like, your people are, are either being shaped to not be confessional or to mm. be confessional. It's one or the other. Mm. So we're actually either training people in mm. a healthy dose of like, of humility, or we're training people in self-righteousness mm-hmm. because we're not training them mm. and forming them through our services to actually have a time of yeah. confession. And that, that actually strips away the true assurance of pardon that it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't experience that lostness, like when Isaiah experienced like, woe is me. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have that moment, then the burning coal moment of assurance mm-hmm. is not as powerful because mm-hmm. you don't realize the weight of. What or you're I mean, on. just it does, maybe doesn't happen. Like, yeah. like like if you don't like if you if you don't recognize your sinfulness, like you don't recognize you have a need for a savior. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. Yeah. So like you know, like I'm not blind to the fact that we have students who like mm-hmm. are not Christians yet, like who are you know trying to wrestle with things and figure things out, like yeah. like that something that needs to be like shown to them in mm-hmm. order for anything to happen. You know? Yeah. And I would say for me, like, and I think this is true probably for a lot of Bible belt culture Christians. Yeah. Like a lot of times you show up on Sunday, the message that you need to hear is not combating like, Oh, all this stuff. It's combating your self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like, so confession actually helps combat like self-righteousness mm-hmm. week in and week out. Like, and I need that constantly. Yeah. So that's been really cool. But another thing you mentioned was creeds. Yeah, creeds are, are this is something new for us. Like, yeah, that's probably the only like really <laughs> element I think that's like, you know, that like we you know have never really even tried to do anything quite like it yeah. before. Um, so, so why do them? Um, I think there's something really powerful about the people of God in a room together, like all reciting one thing that they all like believe in in common. Yeah. And I think that's super cool. So I think it's a great expression of unity yeah. with the people in the room. Yeah. But also, I think it's a great expression of unity with the historical church. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, we're reaching back into a catalog of orthodoxy or belief mm-hmm. statements that have transcended cultural waves. Um, you know, it's not something new or novel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very, very um, appealing and also attractive. But it, it's also convicting. And yeah. It's very encouraging to know that your faith transcends your personal whims, your personal mm-hmm. culture. It's not American. It's yeah. not 21st century, yeah. you know. So it, I think it puts us in touch with the historical church, mm-hmm. which is really, really important, I think, in our post-Christian, post-modern. In our really individualistic and indi- yeah. society. Yeah. Um, Piper has a great way of phrasing. He says that coming together in various assemblies, and I think adding to that, like, the importance of doing those creeds when you do that, um, is essential to giving expression to the fact that Jesus died to create mm-hmm. a united people, not just isolated Christians. Oh, that's you know, good. that's really cool. Oh, and I would, Piper. Yeah, I was Always just like, can yeah. trust Piper. Um, but that's I just think quote. that's that's huge. Uh, yeah. And it, but so, but, but practically though, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, that's going to be just. And, and I think that was something that we, you know, kind of had to, you know, grow them in and teach them. Like when we were introducing 
trying to make more efforts at reading scripture in our services, yeah. right? It's like, if we're being honest, it was a little awkward for some of them, mm-hmm. I think, at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reading more than like a verse, mm-hmm. you know, or you're, or just more than just you preaching. Like, you read those passages. Like, like I remember the first time I did that, I, I stepped up, I don't remember what passage it was, but it was probably like 10 verses. You know, so more it wasn't like a whole chapter, but it was it was a it was a meaty you know amount, mm-hmm. um, and some of them were kind of getting a little restless, and because yeah, they're, yeah. they're just not used to it. So, yeah. so I think, but now like they are, and so I think that's just kind of one of those things that should be a learning curve. Yeah, but I think I'm really excited to see the fruits from it. There's a healthy dose of coaching, and yeah. then just working through the awkwardness. Yeah. Some things you just have to work through the awkwardness on. Like they're going to think Sangha Creed together sounds cultish. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. way to really work around that except on the front end saying mm-hmm. this isn't cultish and mm-hmm. there's good reason and we're being thoughtful. We're not just trying to be weird or whatever. <laughs> well, and we then, are a little weird. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but not just for the sake of being weird. Yeah, know? sure, sure. But uh, yeah, there's some, some things to work work through with all. But all of those elements, mm-hmm. really, they're the byproduct of that initial concern and conviction that we have for the student ministry, which is if like... Like Cosper said, if the gospel is supposed to be central to yeah. our life, then it has to be central yeah. to our service, and not simply in terms of, hey, make sure you say the good news every week. Right. Or, but like when we sing, we're going to sing about the gospel. Mm-hmm. When I preach, I'm going to preach about the gospel. Mm-hmm. When we read scripture, do everything from our service structure itself, it's going to preach the gospel. Yeah. I love what you said towards the end of your sermon last night. You said something to the effect of, if I'm not preaching the gospel, if I'm not preaching Jesus, like, yeah. please remove me. You know, like, I, yeah. so I mean, I think that's, tr- that's true. That's what we're, we're here to do. Yeah, as someone who needs to know that Jesus is Lord and yeah. Jesus is my Savior every single day. Mm-hmm. Whether they're saved or not. Like, if you're a Christian, like, you need to be reminded of that. Yeah. You know? Um, and if you're not, certainly need to be reminded of that. Or you need to be, you know, informed of that. So Yeah, that's a great point, because a lot of times we think, you know, uh, we draw this dividing line between is the service for the church or is it mm-hmm. for the lost or there's, like, the seeker-friendly mm-hmm. movement. I think if you preach the gospel, you're going to yeah. grow Christians mm-hmm. into being more like Jesus, and you're going to save lost sheep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you recognize that like, it is for the church. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I think... There's something impactful about doing all of these unifying things like singing, like saying creeds, like taking communion. And, and to, to a certain degree, like if, if you have a lost person there, like there's a little bit of like this uncomfortableness mm-hmm. for them. And they're like, what's going on? Like, but that like should, yeah. you know, charge them to want to find out like and, you know, put them on that path. So, yeah, yeah. So um, kind of just wrapping this up, um, I think at the end of the day, and this is how I ended my sermon was, you know, we want people to see and behold mm-hmm. Jesus because as Paul says in Second Corinthians, the more and more we see Jesus, mm-hmm. God is going to change us from one degree of glory to the next. So that was kind of the heartbeat of, you know, why we wanted to, to structure our service that way. And also why we wanted the students to understand mm-hmm. why we're doing it that way. Like, we're not doing it just to be novel or cool or hip or weird. We honestly believe, we genuinely, sincerely <laughs> think this is the best way for you to see Jesus. Yeah. And uh, that's where the true power is. Yeah. So. All right, cool. Yeah. 
Well, that was successful. Maybe. Who knows? But um, we'll probably be putting out more bonus content, especially around the Genesis series. Mm, it's going to be um, good. Yeah. Because there's a lot of side <laughs> conversations yeah. we can have yeah. around Genesis. <laughs> and um, we'll also probably get rich on here. Yeah, that'd be good. So we can have some healthy debate. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel else? like I'm going to be more of like the referee for those, <laughs> but we'll God, see what yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we love each other. Yeah. Um, but no, I think there's some side conversations that are actually really beneficial, really important for students. And uh, we'll put and just some... just stuff that you can't get into in a 25, 30 minute sermon. Again, yeah. like the, the purpose of the service right. is so I can preach Jesus. And so sometimes um, I'm not going to have time to get into the Nephilim or, <laughs> yeah. you know, who are these people that Cain is mm-hmm. concerned about? In right, 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 right. So, uh, but that stuff's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it in needs the Bible. to be discussed. It needs yeah. to be explained, yeah. So we'll, we'll be putting out more stuff like this, um, as well as the sermons from Sunday night. And uh, you can subscribe, and, and I don't know how all the podcast providers work. But I think... I only use Apple. Yeah, I only use Apple too, but I hear all these things about like Podbean and I Spotify. think Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. I don't know if we're on Spotify. I don't think so. I think I we're just on not. Apple. Yeah. yeah. Just go to Apple. It's yeah, or CastBox. For, I know of CastBox. Uh, Non-Apple people. Yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing. If people are listening to this right now... Mm-hmm. They've already they, found they it. They don't yeah. need any of they these instructions. They don't need any... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've been, we basically just wasted 30 seconds. Yeah, we did. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, keep listening. Cool. That's all I have to say. All right. Bye. <laughs> all right. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cut all that. <laughs> we got to sign off, though. We didn't sign off. What do we sign off with? I don't know. You can just say bye or something.